Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I am Ali Heisong. That's Dustin. Dustin, how are we doing, man? Not as good as you, Ali. Damn, look at that <laughs> view behind you. I mean, like, why, why, why am I not on a beach in a sunny, partly cloudy, 70-degree day? I mean, like, that's not fair. Um, no, I'm doing good, Ali. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a great Wednesday. Uh, the weather is actually pretty nice out here. Um, the snow is melting off the mountains, which are, yeah, so it's been great. We're supposed to be in the next 60s for the next uh, couple of weeks. So that's, you know, yeah, upper you 50s, 60s. Yeah, same can't here. Be beautiful day. As you can see behind me, beautiful day here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You love to see it. You love to feel it. We're finally coming out of that god awful cold. I mean, I can't complain here in South Carolina, but from all of you Clevelanders, my family's from Ohio. We know you have been through it. So we are hoping. That the weather breaks very very soon but dustin lots to get to on the program today we've got a lot to unfold yes. in terms of free agency um potential trades what the browns are doing uh, releases additions acquisitions you know how it goes everything's starting to break right now this is the exciting time as we approach the free agency uh period here in the off season so lots to get to on the program we're gonna have a lot of fun lots of information coming at you guys tonight but before we do that we want to encourage all of you to go like, follow, share, comment, do everything, interact with us here on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. It's everywhere you need it. Uh, so please go check us out there. Please go ahead, like, and share this post and drop us a comment. We'd love to love to hear from you. This interact evening. tonight, guys. Yeah, we'd love, we love to talk. This is, you know, we're, we're into that, that time during the off season, Dustin, where it's not so formal, right? We're not talking the X's and O's of every single game and then the preview right. of the upcoming game. This is really informal kind of conversational, just what we think is going to happen this offseason. Um, what we think Andrew Barry in this front office is, is really looking to target as we go into free agency in the, in the trading period this offseason in hopes and really the whole priority here is to better the roster of the Cleveland Browns and have them put in a position of strength as they approach the 2021 season. Which, by the way, doesn't seem like it's too far off, even though we're only in March. But Dustin, before we even get into any of that, we want to give a shout out to our good friends at onlyincleave.com. If you need, which I know all of you do, if you need a Here We Go Brownies podcast t-shirt or hat, you can see it here. You can see it here. Go check them out, onlyincleave.com. I encourage you. And, and any other Cleveland-themed stuff. Yeah, hang on, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. I encourage you to do so because it's got our name on it. Who wouldn't want a shirt that says Allie and Dustin? Because oh. I know I do. You need it. You have to have it. Go check them out, onlyincleave.com. And like Dustin said, you can get all of your other Cleveland apparel. Um, you know, you can get your Cavs, Indians, Ohio State Buckeyes, Cleveland Browns, and uh, a bunch of other stuff at onlyincleave.com. Go check them out. And, and guys, I paid up on my bet. Allie has her here we go, Brownie's hat. It'll probably make an appearance, I'm assuming, probably next week. Oh, yes, it will. Which oh, means, yes, it which will. Which means I can't wear the same hat because that would look weird. Um, but I'll sport it a different time. But I paid up on my bet. Allie has got her hat coming to her. And by the way, the hats are really cool, guys. So uh, they are limited edition. So go out there and get those hats. Um, and we will have more stuff to talk about our stuff for some stuff in April we're going to be doing, but we'll yeah, get to that. Absolutely. There's, there's lots to come. There is lots to come. Uh, so Dustin, let's just get into it. Let's just, let's just start because we've got so much to unpack, but really before we do that, um, condolences, thoughts, prayers. Um, today was the release that, uh, Joe Tate has passed away. Um, legend in the Cleveland community. So our thoughts, prayers to him, as well as Michael Stanley. Um, Dust, I'm going to hand it over to you. I know you were a big fan of his music, legendary Clevelander. Um, just just a kind of a two tragic losses back to back there. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting because as I grew up as a little kid and then the rebirth of the Cleveland Browns, like he sang that song, here we, you know, here we go again, Brownie. I mean, like that, that was, I mean, he was a part of that with all those musicians and, you know, he's, been a great musician in his own right outside of just being from Cleveland right so he's made a name for himself um and it's just sad to see him he was a big advocate for big advocate for the city you know even outside of the city of Cleveland um he he was a he waved the flag of Cleveland that was just yeah. who Michael was and then you know to hear about Joe you know three decades plus voice of the Cavaliers um to see you know that's always sad to see you know that one kind of tugged in my heart, Allie, because I think about what we do, right? Yeah. And I think about that man did that for his job 
for over three decades, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what he did every single game, post game, pre game. Like that's, and we know how much it takes for us to prepare our shows. You know, we put, we put some effort into these, right. And we just do it once a week. And I thought, man, not for a living. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm in radio and I, but I know what these guys go through to just prepare for a show every day or whatever. And so I know that he meant a lot to the Cleveland community. Uh, He was well revered. And so our, as Ali said, our thoughts and prayers go out to both the, those families as, you know, kind of a heavy heart for Clevelanders this week as they had to deal with both those yeah. losses. Yeah. Uh, two Cleveland legends, so thoughts and prayers out to, to their families. Um, Dak got paid. How about that? Did you see that? Yeah, Dak shouldn't have got paid. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't, I don't quite agree with that, but four years, 160 million, 126 in guaranteed money. Um, as we discussed previously to coming on the show, um, you know, I, the salary cap went down this year. We're at a hundred and two or 182 million or 182 and a half million dollars for the salary cap this year in 2021, um, anticipated to skyrocket next year with all of the TV and radio deals. Um, but here's the thing with it. The Dallas Cowboys kind of sat on their hands with it. They, I think we can go back two, three years ago, knowing that they were going to have to pay Dak Prescott, who deserves the money. He, he does. We can't, we can't say he doesn't deserve I would the money. Say, I would say he deserves the money, but not that much money. That's, my, that's exactly my point. You, they waited too long and the market keeps rising. As we discussed, I'm in the process of buying a home right now and I can't wait another couple of months because I know those prices are only going to go up. That's, that's what's happening point. in the NFL yeah. market right now. Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys sat on their hands. You can agree or disagree that he shouldn't have got paid that much money. But the truth of the matter is the longer you wait, the more expensive it is. Yeah. And you know what? So it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? So Dak got a pay, got a paycheck. I mean, I know this personally, him and Kellen Moore are like this, right? (laughs) I mean, Kellen Moore and him work great together um, in that offense and so here's the truth. I think Jerry Jones' hands were kind of tied at this point. Like, what am I going to get better than Dak? Um, he's gotten hurt. I mean, they're kind of, uh, they were kind of stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place, I think. So they're like, you know, we kind of have to bite the bullet, sign him. Hey, we know he's not, you know, he's still young, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot of years left, probably, hopefully. And so they said, you know, we better sign him to this second, you know, significant deal yeah. so we can retain his rights for a while and try to put together some playoff runs or whatever we're going to try to build around him. Um, so clearly he's the future there in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was really on track last year to, to break a bunch of records. He oh. really was, he was having an incredible season and you can't yeah. deny that, but you know, typically when guys get hurt, it hurts their chances of getting a big payday. I think this really benefited Dak in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it benefited or hurt him, but I can tell you this. I, I, I believe this, Allie. If he didn't get hurt, because there's, I'm sure the Dallas Cowboys came back to him and said, well, you know, you were injured. What do you think of this price? You know, I think if he would have had the phenomenal season and win all 16 games, Allie, I think the Dallas Cowboys would be paying more money right now. He'd be like, hey, look what look, look, look at what kind of numbers I put up. I'm like top six quarterback, you know. Yeah, I but think- on that same note if he fell off of a cliff like sometimes happens like Russell Wilson the first six games of the season you're like he's he's clear MVP favorite falls off of a cliff you can talk yourself out of a lot of money if that happens to Dak Prescott he's in the same boat so I think I'm not you know obviously don't want to discount his injury at all I would never never do that uh very severe but I think this this season a COVID season and the team around Dak Prescott both offense and defense included weren't able to produce anything without him, which led to led Jerry Jones to believe he's really and truly that valuable. He's the answer, right? Yeah, he is the answer at quarterback. And I think, Allie, I don't think he would have fell off. I think the way he was projected and the, how, how comfortable he was getting in the offense, I think he would have kind of started ascending like Baker did and just getting better and better. I just, I mean, he would put up just, I mean. Oh, he was ridiculous. He had, a, he had a ton of weapons. Yeah, and, and, and that's my point. He was so comfortable at that point, and he would have been like, I mean, they could have been, I mean, think about it. They were, they were fighting for a playoff spot, Allie, without Dak Prescott. Correct, I think yeah. Dak Prescott's in there. They're probably maybe the NFC champions. Without a doubt. I mean, you're going up against Daniel Jones, right. Dwayne Haskins slash Alex Smith. 
slash whoever starting for the Washington football team. And then the, uh, the Eagles who just imploded yeah. without, without a doubt, without a doubt. But I think this really hurts the Cowboys in the long run, because keep in mind, you have Ezekiel Elliott, who they overpaid for several years ago. <laughs> Ouch. He may not be the long-term answer. And that's what happens sometimes when you pay right. a running back that early. Nonetheless, we're not going to get into, we're not the Dallas Cowboys podcast, but, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it needs to be said because, wonder, Allie. No, kidding. <laughs> because the Cleveland Browns, as you know, the fifth year option on Baker Mayfield, 18, uh, 18 and a half million, we're going to have to pay him. And like Dustin, and I said, prior to coming on the show, pay him early pay him early because if you sit on your hands and by the way, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen, just a couple names in that same draft class, they're also going to get paid. They're also going to get their fifth year option picked up. They may set the bar higher, be the first one to pay Baker Mayfield. That way you're not overpaying in the uh, right. end of the 2021. And season. if you're overpaying, it's the third contract. You know what I mean? The but one keeping in mind, keeping in mind, I don't mean to cut you off here, but the salary cap did go down this year to 182 million. Yep. Next year it is intended to skyrocket. So right. Browns are in a unique spot where they're at. Okay, we've got 24.8 million in cap space. Do we do that that this off season, or do we wait till next off season when we have more flexibility? Right. So yeah, that's yeah. that's a lot of things that Drew Barry or not Drew Barry, but <laughs> Andrew Barry has to uh, has to look at. Drew Barrymore, yeah. <laughs> She's going to be making some decisions in the front office of the Cleveland. Hey, you know, I'm just going to, real quick, Allie, I'd like to give a shout out to our friends, and I know you've been a guest on the shows, um, the guys from the couch, you know, the podcast yeah. you know, from the couch. Uh, they had me on last week to break down the AFC North and kind of the free agents and kind of what's going around in there. And you're right. Those two brothers like beating up on each other. And it's kind of, <laughs> it's what they do best, right? Yeah. It's like, he's like, you're stupid. You're dumb. Like, it's just fun to listen to those two. And it's like, but anyway, I just want to give a shout out to their podcast, you know, yeah. from the couch. Um, Cause they always give us a shout out. Um, yeah. They're awesome. And give us, but yeah, go check them out. They're from the couch. They're on Thursdays or Friday nights. Typically those guys are on. Yeah, they are. They're, they're the best, very knowledgeable, but yes, you mentioned it. They, uh, they like to beat up on each other, which makes the podcast a lot of fun. Um, so Dak gets paid some question marks going into this off season in terms of what are we going to do with Baker Mayfield? Nonetheless, he's going to get paid. Um, but you know, there, there's some fun. We, we got to see yesterday, lots of movement um, in terms of just kind of around the league. Like, for example, today, Kevin Zeitler gets cut. Browns fans, we know him from the Giants. Um, so he's looking for a new home. Titans released Kenny Vaccaro the other day. John Brown, the wide receiver um, out of Buffalo. It's just uh, Quan Alexander, Emmanuel Sanders from the Saints. So many moving pieces and parts already. And some moving pieces and parts in the last time since we talked with the Browns. That is correct um we will get into that here in a second but uh i will turn it over to you to talk about who we have brought back um and i will just recap um that we have officially released defensive end adrian claiborne um who was really great in his role um this season played very well especially down the stretch uh, once once miles was out due to covid um, along with olivier vernon very productive uh, so you hate to see this but it is I, I think if you take a look at it long-term, Dustin, and what Andrew Barry in this front office is doing, I think this is a move to go get uh, a bigger name player. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and, you know, we would not be without saying one of our favorite friends of the program no. and comes on all the time, Porter Gusson, welcome back to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you'll you have know, to see that. Yeah, I mean, hey, you you know, you catch a ball in the playoffs for an interception, Um so you got paid a little bit. We're excited about that and excited to have you back on soon. Um, Cameron, I believe the tight end was brought back as well. Uh, they signed his tender. Am I correct on that? Um, is it Cameron? Uh, yeah. Wait, Cameron? say that again. Cameron, isn't it? Am I saying that right? The tight end, Cameron? Steven Carlson. Oh, Carlson. Not, yeah, <laughs> Steve Carlson. Um, but my point being, it goes to kind of show what that did for me. It kind of showed me what the organization is doing. They, they're basically saying, look, Tight ends are very important to us. We're going to make sure that room is taken care of. Now that could mean other things for, you know, Najoka, we don't know. Um, but the defensive line, right? Hey, we're moving somebody out, right? Um, to, what is it, three and a half million they, they yeah. saved in cap space, something like that. Um, what does that do? 
makes it more lucrative to sign somebody to anchor Miles Garrett on the other side, right? So I see those, it's kind of the tweaks before the calm, before the storm, I call it. Like, hey, we got to do this, this, and this. Let's take her a porter, get all these things done, and now let's go do business, right? Um, these are things that we just want to put in place so we know kind of what money we're working with here and going yeah. forward. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how aggressive the Browns will be, but they can they can be aggressive or they can step back and say, well, let's let it come to us. I mean, they can, it'll be interesting. No, you know, I, I don't think they will do that. Um, if we know anything about this front office and what they did last season, we had a very glaring need on the offense. It was the offensive line, especially in the tight end room and bringing back Kareem Hunt uh, as for an extension. There were some glaring holes that needed to be addressed on the offense. They went all in, whole hog, completely just, 100% dedicated to rebuilding this offense. And I think that's exactly the approach you're going to take to this defense. We know wholeheartedly that there are some huge issues on the defense. We absolutely need uh, another edge rusher. I would say we need a, another veteran presence in the interior of the defensive line. We need linebacking help. We need corner help. We need safety help. We need we need help on all aspects of the defense. And we are going to get into that, especially on this podcast. Uh, we are going to go over linebackers, wide receivers, and defensive end free agents um, who we think may be uh, some good targets. And we're going to get into that here later on in the program. But I don't think Andrew Barry is just going to sit back because – that's not what good teams do. That's not what good teams with cap space do. I guess I'm I'm not saying sitting back, but kind of that was one of the comments he made in his presser was sometimes you just have to sit back and let things come to you, I guess is a better way to, to say that. Like, don't go eager out overspend yeah. when things fall into your lap and you don't have to overpay for them, right? Because, mm -hmm. hey, look, that team got rid of them. We didn't go try to aggressively go get this player because this guy fell to us because he got released. So I think Andrew Barry could do a little bit of that kind of, you know, hey, look, we're the Cleveland Browns. Would you like to come play for us? Unfortunately, you're a cap casualty, you know? And I think some of that could be, he could be a little coy in that way, I think. Yeah, I think I think that's one thing that Andrew Barry's good at, right? He's very good at being aggressive without overpaying. Right. This front office isn't gonna overpay for anybody. I, I, I really don't think there's anybody out there that would require that well, uh, that would be a franchise changing player that you have to do that that's not where we're at as a franchise now if you go back maybe three years ago yeah say. you have to but at this point when you are trying to make a very deep playoff run it's not what good teams do they're aggressive but they don't overspend well and think about it ollie you, you you've got a different dynamic two or three years ago we over i don't want to say overpay but we pay landry good to come mm -hmm. be a cleveland brown right yeah you know, we, we take on Odell Beckham's contract because we need that kind of help. Yeah. Well, now we're in a different place, right? Now players, I mean, I know, don't fall out of your seat, Allie. Players actually want to come to Cleveland and play for a winner, right? I know that's a little weird to say, but, you know, this was not the case of, of the past. It's where you go to get paid or it's where you go to have your career go bye-bye or, <laughs> or, you know, or this is the end of your career, right? Yeah. Like that was kind of the thing. Like, hey, Cleveland will pay you if you don't care about winning. They'll pay you. Right? They'll go make your money and die out there. That's what yeah. you do. But 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 I think now it's like, no, we're on to something here. Let's let's we're cooking. Let's go. Like, who wants to be on this train? Well, let me ask you this. We know that they're they're going to be relatively aggressive um, this off season. And when I say aggressive, again, I, I'm not insinuating that they're going to go out and break the bank for anybody, but I, I think that they have to be aggressive in their approach of at least making the phone calls. And I think, I think a lot of these yeah. veterans or a lot of these players, they want to come to Cleveland. Um, Cleveland's going to be on the phone trying to get them to come. And I think that's what I mean in terms of aggression. But tell me, what are your three top three positions of need as we approach this offseason? Well, I think someone to anchor Miles Garrett is still going to be addressed. And I think the release of Claiborne is proving what they're trying yeah. to do there. So is that um, your number one? It is. And I'll tell you what, if I'm, if I'm Andrew Barry, I have already made the call once, twice, three, four times to the Denver Broncos and say, what kind of lucrative thing do we need to make happen here mm -hmm. for Von Miller to come to the Cleveland Browns? Mm -hmm. Like, what do we need to do? Right. Okay, So we have defensive end. Yep. Who's next? All right. So, so we've top three defensive end. What are your other two positions? In um, I would go corner. Got to address corner. I mean, uh -huh. that speed is a big deal for me. I mean, we got to address the other side of that. So um, I think you go for that in free agency. I think you yeah. go out there and see if there's somebody available. If not, 
um, you, you go through the draft. I mean, because there will be some people in the first round that could be. Oh, yeah, there's there's certainly some value there. Um, but and then linebacker, I think the linebacker, I think, you know, I saw it firsthand in Kansas City. I mean, there were times when you're like, ah, if we just had a couple more and, and, and more to me, it's more like depth. Right, Ali, we talked about this last year, how we need the O-line to have depth. And now we just need that depth on defense. Right. Like we need when someone goes out you got to have somebody that can step in and, you know, we didn't even bring this up, but you know, is it Hans is his name? The, the offensive yeah, Blake Hans. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying like guys like that, right? Like well, who, we don't know how, the, you know, nobody knew who that guy was. So he went in, but guess what? He didn't miss a beat because we had depth, right? Mm-hmm. I think we need to do that, go out aggressively, get those people in free agency and then backfill with some depth and some uh, other players as well in those same positions. Like I, I think you can have more corners, more linebackers, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, have some people compete for jobs. So let's do this. So that's, t- that's also my top three in that okay. order. So let's do top five. Who, who's your number four and five? Oh, number four, as weird as this sounds, um, based on, I don't know what's going to happen with Higgins and some of the other state situations, wide receiver. I think you okay. go get a, a, a take the That's top. also my number four. So I don't think it's weird. <laughs> off the top of the ball. I think you need to take over the, you know, yeah. take the top off the ball. Um, man, if you have somebody to, you know, to compliment Odell in that situation, we're dangerous. Like, you know, we're really dangerous and the defense can just catch up. Like yeah. that's a, that's a whole other thing. And then I was going to say it, the kicking game. I, oh. I, I am not, I am not, I'm just going to put it out there. I, and I'm, and hear, hear me out on this. When teams are this close, Ali, and I tell you, I think we are this close. We're three or four players away from making the, Super Bowl. I mean, we're, we're there. We're, we're close, right? We have, we have the offense. We, you know, we got all the pieces. Allie, I knew when we watched the Monday night football game against the Baltimore Ravens, when, and after Baker went down the field and then they got the ball back and that kicker got in field goal range. You know what I said to me? You know what I said to myself? That guy's automatic. We have lost the football game. And to me, I want to, I want to Phil Dawson. I want a guy that when he goes out there, I don't even have to think about it. It's going through the uprights, 50 yards. I want that because in the playoffs, that's a big deal. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's, Three it's, points. I want, I mean, and so I want them to address that and make sure they feel 100% confident in the kicking game because that's where games are win or loss, I think sometimes is, is with the kicker. And I know that doesn't sound like that's a glaring need, but if you lose a playoff game by three points, because I here's the one thing I noticed other than the Buffalo Chiefs games, they're close games. Like playoff games are tight, right? They're, you know, it's X's and O's. A field goal here or a field goal there. And hey, Cleveland fans, let's just call it back to the 80s. Denver puts it through the uprights to win it, to go to the Super Bowl. Games come down to field goals to, to advance to big games. So no, I don't I know, agree. that's just me. But So my number four or number five, I'm actually going to go safety here. And I don't think it's a huge area of need because I think we've we've addressed that. We know, what, we, know we have... Uh, Grant Delpit coming back. We've got Ronnie Harrison. Um, even if you do choose to bring Carl Joseph back, who is very reliable in his role, especially as we grew into the later part of the season. Um, but if we know anything about uh, the Joe Woods defense, we know he likes to have three safeties on the field. And I think if you can target a guy like an Anthony Harris, who that, that's on the, the extreme side, like that's a, that's an ideal kind of thing, but that's, if you that's can, a, that's a, that's a gift, right? That's right. a gift. But if you can get somebody, maybe a, a poor man's Anthony Harris or some, somebody like that, even on a one or two year, year deal that provides that depth, because by the way, even if you decide to bring a Carl Joseph back, you also have a Sheldrick Redwine who is serviceable. Yeah. Um, so I think we know that, that Joe Woods likes playing a zone defense with, um, uh, with three safeties on the field. I'm going to throw another name at you. And this is not a safety podcast. We're going to get into that next week. We're going to go position by position here next week, but I'm going to throw a name out. He has been riddled by injuries, but somebody like a Malik hooker, if he can, if he can stay healthy at Ohio state, he was sideline to sideline. He's an absolute ball hawk. Um, if he can stay healthy, you can get him on a one-year prove it deal. Somebody like that to come in, um, and provide that depth and provide that rotation. So what we are going to do on this podcast, like we mentioned, this is uh, we're going to get into other positions next week. Um, this week, we're doing wide receivers, linebackers, um, and defensive ends. We're just going to talk, walk through that, that current room. Um, mm-hmm. And we are going to talk about the free agents that are currently on the market that we feel may be good fits. So Dustin, where would you like to start? Wide receivers, linebackers, or defensive ends? Let's go DNs. 
Don't throw some names at me. All right, I'm gonna throw a couple names at you. Um, in no particular order, by the way. Uh, but who could be a nice little splash here? First name on the list: Bud Dupree, eight sacks, two forced fumbles last year for Pittsburgh. Um, he, he he last last year towards especially the later part of the year with with some injuries. We know um, his his season ended a little bit early. A great player, very serviceable. The likelihood of him probably coming to Cleveland, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you, Dustin. I think he is going to be rather expensive. I don't think he's going to break the bank. Would he be incredible alongside Miles Garrett? Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to run through this list and we can circle back. Uh, Carl Lawson out of Cincinnati, five and a half sacks last year, two forced fumbles. Great, great, great football player kind of coming into his prime. You pair him alongside Miles Garrett. He's got some guns for hire. He can make that happen. Uh, Shaq Barrett, 12 sacks, 22, or I'm sorry, um, 12 sacks, two forced fumbles last year. He absolutely, absolutely, I almost said 22 forced fumbles. That would be absolutely ridiculous. Um, he had an insane postseason. He's going to be incredibly expensive. Is he a fit for the Cleveland Browns? Probably not at this time. Yannick Ngakwe, eight sacks, four forced fumbles. That's really hard to say, four forced fumbles. He was also riddled with injuries um, in Baltimore this year. Hassan Reddick, 12 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles. Kind of a quiet, elite talent um, out of Arizona. And of course, Last but not least on my list, Trey Hendrickson, 13 and a half sacks, one forced fumble um, out of uh, New Orleans, who is just in cap jail right now. So let's run through this, Dustin. We know right now what this room looks like, right? We know we've got Porter Gustin, we've got Miles Garrett, and those are two for sure things coming back. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts as we go into, into this room here? Go back to the one that you did not think would be a sure fit, the 13 and a half sacks. At this point, you thought he'd be uh, too much money? Uh, 13 and a half sacks, Trey Hendrickson. I don't think he'll be too much money. No, no, no. Back before that, he was maybe it was four. Uh, so we've got Bud Dupree, Carl Lawson, Shaq Barrett, Yannick Ngakwe, Hassan Reddick, and Trey Hendrickson. The one before Ngakwe, the guy before, yeah, the guy before him. Which, so we've got Bud Dupree, Carl Lawson, Shaq Barrett, Yannick Ngakwe, Hassan Reddick, Trey Hendrickson. Barrett, yeah, that guy. I think, I think. Which guy? <laughs> No, the guy before Ngagay. What's his name? Shadwick, or you said, is it Shadwick? It was the name? Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett. I think he's, I think he is, I think he's on our radar more than, than maybe you're thinking, because I think the Browns are going to make a splash at defensive end. I think, I I do, and I think, I don't think he's out of our price range. And, And what I think there maybe is when you, when you throw up three and a half million, you know, cap space. I just, I think they want to be really aggressive because I think they want to see what Miles Garrett can do in a healthy season if he has somebody to compliment him over there on that side. I don't know. They may pay. The, they may pay the piper. I, I, I think they're going to really address the defensive line. Well, I, I think that too. That would go against kind of what we just said, right? You know, I don't think we're going to overpay for anybody. Now, Shaq Barrett, yeah, that's 12 sacks for the total season, including the postseason. So if we go back to just what he did, um, actually, let me look. Um, Just in the regular season, like, don't get me wrong. He's obviously an explosive player, but I think you can get more bang for your buck. Um, Regular season, he had eight sacks. Let's talk about, I want to talk about Hassan Reddick, somebody you can probably get for a little bit, a little bit cheaper, um, 12 and a half sacks on the seasons at one point in time, one game, I think he had five sacks, six forced fumbles. That's incredibly productive. If you can put somebody like that, Carl Lawson, even five and a half sacks, two forced fumbles out of Cincinnati who they didn't franchise tag, by the way, which I just so upset with them over. Like if I was a Bengals fan, I'm like, what the, heck, what are we doing here? Uh, yeah, but look, if we take a look at that, yeah, yeah you're, you're not overpaying. Those, those are guys that you can probably get. Uh, both very young guys, by the way, you can get to be reliable, explosive players alongside Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. I don't think you overpay for this position. If you're going to go get a flashy you know, something, I don't think this is it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my GM hat on right now. So I just thought about something that would be smart from a GM's perspective. What would be most advantageous for the Cleveland Browns if you were to sign a defensive end that gave you value, production, and all those things that you want, what would be the smart thing to do? Weaken your enemy. 
and I was just sitting here thinking about this. You go after the guy from the Bengals or Dupree. I mean, that just makes sense because you're weakening your opponent. You play twice a year. And I just thought about that. I was like, you know, maybe that could be an angle that we don't even know they're even looking at. But just to your point, you got to play those guys twice a year. And if you can weaken them and make them not a better football team, I don't know. Like that. I mean, look, we, they took Joe Hayden, you know, Joe Hayden went to the Pittsburgh Steelers and he's still there. Um, I don't know. Maybe they do that. You know? So on this list, I think honest to God, Dustin, if you can get your hands on any of these guys, you're, you're feeling pretty oh, good. Absolutely. Like yeah. all, all of these guys now, and when we talk about wide receivers and linebackers, I'm going to talk more about value and maybe guys under the radar, but I think all of these guys are, I would consider any of these a decent splash. Oh, day one started. Yeah, oh yeah. Day one. Absolute star. Who, who would be your top three on this list? You know, I, honestly, Dupree would actually be number one for me mm-hmm. just because he's pretty young, right? He's not very old at all, right? He's pretty, what is he, 25, maybe? Um, no, I think he's um, he's 28 or 29. Oh, is he a little older? Okay. So, yeah. I mean, but I mean, he's he's pretty seasoned. You know, he's coming from a good football team. He's very familiar with the AFC North and the opponents. I like that. Um, give me the name of the guy from Cincinnati again. Carl Lawson. Yeah, I think he would be my number two. And number three, you could pick any of those other three. I would be fine with, but I would go try to weaken your opponent. I like that. Oh, hang on. You, you just said, you just said you're, you think Splash would be a Shaq Barrett. Right. But I'm just saying, remember, then I kind of, I took that thought a little further and said, uh-huh. well, if I'm Andrew Barry, what would, what would better my team? Like I have to play these teams twice a year, right? Like, I, you know, what can I do to weaken my opponent, right? Like, Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Like, he's not, you know, I, you know, I, I look at things like that. But yeah. I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, I think you go with one of those guys. If you can steal somebody from your enemy, I don't know, that's just me, because you're weakening your opponent. That's, that, I All just, right, so who, who's your top three? So Dupree. Yeah. And the guy from Cincinnati. And then the guy that, um, the, the guy that, the third, the, the guy that. How you, many guys are there, Dustin? The one that you said I think we would overpay for. That would be a little too much. To you not know his name? I just yeah. Okay, guy. okay, all right. We'll move on. Um, so I think if I have if I had to pick here, um, yeah. you know, Trey Hendrickson really entices me. Thirteen and a half sacks, one forced fumble out of uh, New Orleans. He he really incredibly productive. I think you can get him for without having to overpay really I don't think he's going to be incredibly expensive I don't think he's going to cost Shaq Barrett money I really don't I don't think he's going to be up up there with like a maybe a Bud Dupree um you give me a Trey Hendrickson or a Hassan Reddick all right here here's my top Trey Hendrickson uh Carl Lawson Hassan Reddick in that order in that order okay And, and I say all of those guys because I think they're young explosive but also productive and I also think they're reliable in terms of injury like when you look at this position you don't want somebody that's been riddled with injury like I'm going to go back to a JJ Watt right who if he goes out then we're still left in the same position that we were in prior so um we're in the same position like a living right yeah right okay all right all right let's all right we're gonna do a wide receiver or linebacker next uh linebacker linebacker yeah let's let's keep it on the defense so we know, what do we know about the linebacking group? We've got a very young core, Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki, um, you know, I, J- Jacob Phillips. I think the future kind of lies in the hands of those guys, but I still think you bring in, Andrew Barry brings in those rotational pieces that can kind of be, I think you need a veteran presence, but I also think you, you can add to this young core. There's still some young guys on the market right now that you can add to this young core that can really bring the most out of them. I'm going to throw a couple names to you, kind of like we just did, then we'll get into it here. Matt Milano out of Buffalo, 11th best coverage linebacker, according to PFF. Uh, unfortunately with him, he does miss a lot of tackles. He excels in man coverage. Now the Joe Woods defense, mostly zone coverage. So that could be a little bit of a, a you know, thing there. Um, he's very reliable against the tight end and running back. He's kind of a sideline to sideline kind of guy. The good news with him, he's only 26. So when I say those young players that you can kind of throw in there with those guys, mm-hmm. like a Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki, and a Jacob Phillips, 
you can have a rotation of four young uh, linebackers, excuse me, right. that I think would be very productive in that role. A Jayon Brown out of Tennessee, uh, excellent coverage linebacker. I think that's what you're looking for here. Coverage, coverage and speed. Those are the two things that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are looking for this offseason. Jayon Brown, excellent coverage linebacker. He was a 76 PFF coverage grade, 10th best coverage linebacker since 2018. He excels in zone coverage. So we talk about man versus zone. He would fit the scheme. Also only 26, I believe. He's fourth best in completion percentage. Um, I think you could probably get him at a decent price, right? He's not one of those, uh, you know, Levante David type of names. Obviously he's not coming and he's not leaving Tampa Bay, but he's not a big name like that or a Quan Alexander who I, who I also have on the list, but you know, a little bit older, probably a little bit more expensive. Um, just a couple other names, BJ Goodson and Malcolm Smith, both, you know, on the roster in 2020 veteran guys, rotational players, not they're not going to be your every down type of player. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Smith, a little bit better in coverage than BJ Goodson. BJ Goodson kind of has a nose for the ball. If you can bring one of these guys back on a one-year deal to provide that veteran presence, I think it puts this core in a position of strength. How about this one, Dustin? Eric Wilson out of Minnesota has some familiarity with Kevin Stefanski. 27th best coverage grade for linebackers. What that means is if he's 27th, that's out of 32 starting linebackers in the NFL. So that's pretty darn good, if you ask me. Three interceptions last year. Um, I have it in my notes here. He's not great in the run, but very good in coverage. Again, I mentioned speed. I mentioned coverage, which is going to be important in terms of linebacking mm-hmm. or linebacking core. Um, Eric Wilson, BJ Goodson, Malcolm Smith, Jayon Brown, Matt Milano, for the most part on my list. You had guys on there like a uh, Quan Alexander veteran type of guy um kevin pierre lewis 29 uh kind of more of a special teams kind of guy you can probably get him very pretty cheap pretty mm-hmm. cheap again not an every down type of player excels in coverage um, but kind of be that sub package kind of linebacker so let's run through these let's talk about who we currently have sioni takitaki mac wilson jacob phillips i'm gonna i'm let's pretty much around those three guys young linebacking core Ma- or, uh, Jacob Phillips, kind of your Mike linebacker. You got Sam and Will with Sione Takitaki and Mac Wilson. What is your priority going into this offseason to complement or bring the best out of those guys? Well, if I can, and you know this, Andrew Berry doesn't like to overspend. Um, winning, winning teams usually can get players to come back at the right price, right? Right. I mean, if you can get B.J. Gushens and Malcolm Smith to come back at the right price, they're familiar with Joe Wood's defense. It's not a retraining. You know what I mean? They can go yeah. back out there. They can be your rotational players. Then, you know, looking at the list here, I like Milano out of Buffalo. I mean, I just – I do too. I, I just – he's AFC – I mean, not he's, he's from the cold north, in, in my uh-huh. opinion. So he kind of fits the – the mentality of the North and, and, you know, he's just, just down the road, right? Just let me throw this at you. The Buffalo bills never lost a game when he was on the field during the regular season. Well, you know, our two guys from the couch, <laughs> you know, they would be like, yeah, don't you dare take our Milano. Um, but no, I like him. And, and you said he's 26, right? So to me, you get youth, right. you can sign him to maybe two, three year deal, whatever that may look like um, to complement this and give the depth there. Um, I'm pretty sure. I've watched some Bills games. I think he's pretty good against the run. Um, we like to run the ball in the AFC North. So um, I think he would benefit there. And then, you know, I don't know after that. You know, I just, maybe you go out there and try to find somebody in free agency. But Milano, I think you could bring somebody like him in. Now, yeah. he may not want to leave. You know, he may be like, man, we played in the AFC championship game and I'm close. But he could be like, you know what? It's time for me to get paid. I don't know on that one. but Yeah, I think he is going to be the most expensive option here. I think my target would be more on somebody like a Jayon Brown or an Eric Wilson that can be serviceable, but yeah. it's not the long-term future. It's the bridge to the long-term future. And I still so, think that you, you can get some great, you know, you can get some great value in this year's draft. We're going to talk yeah. about that in our draft show. Uh, but there's some, there's some great options there. And I, I still think you add speed and you add coverage, but I think you've got a good core. But if you can add some youth there and bring back a BJ Goodson or a Malcolm Smith, you're going to feel pretty good about that room. Yeah, and I think... Um... Do you know how long Eric Wilson's been with the Vikings? Has he been there a little while? Um, you know what? I don't. Let me look. Because my thought is there, because um, we all know Kevin Stefanski lived half of his life with the uh, <laughs> with the Minnesota. No, let Vikings. me throw this at you real quick. Guess where he was born? 
in Ohio? Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, there you go. I'm yeah, done. there you go, guys. So he, he was drafted. Uh, he went, I'm sorry, he went undrafted in 2017, and he spent his career so far with the Minnesota Vikings. Where do you go to college? Cincinnati. Okay. So, yeah, so th- that makes a yeah. heck of a lot of sense. Well, here's my point. Kareem Hunt coming back home to be running back for the Cleveland Browns, right? Like things like that. Hey, I can go back home and be under Kevin Stefanski. I can be where, you know, I'm from Cincinnati. I played my college ball there. It's very familiar to him. He probably has family, you know, you know, that makes a lot of sense. So I would agree with you, Allie, on that one. Someone like Wilson does make sense. Uh, Probably comes in at a good price. You said he's 27. He's got a, you know, he's he's short in the tooth, as I like to say, not long in the tooth. Um, And then you, you know, to your point, depth, right? We need more, we need more depth there. And I think he can bring that. He's been in the league for a while and he's earned his stripes and he knows Kevin Stefanski and I think he would do fine. Yeah. All right. Let's speed run through the wide receivers real quick. That's a pun because we need some speed in the wide receiving room uh, as we go into this free agency period. Throw your names uh, out. All right. So I'm just going to throw these names at you and then we'll do just this. Uh, first on my list, you got to bring back Hollywood Higgins. Um, 50, 52 catches, 599 yards, four touchdowns, second most on the team. Um, he averaged about 62 point or 16.2 yards a catch, 12 yards target, two yards per route run. But the question is, Dustin, can the Browns afford him? We'll get into that. That's kind of a separate conversation here. Or is he going to take the hometown discount to be able to come back? You know, I think we talked at length. You have to have, you know, he, he's proved he can be a, a great number two wide receiver um, alongside a guy who can provide speed and depth. Here's the thing, though, with Hollywood Higgins. He also proved I can be a number two with Jarvis. At the later part of this season, you have um, Odell Beckham goes out. Then you've got Jarvis Landry as your number one wide receiver. And then you have Hollywood Higgins stepping up in that secondary role. Here's the thing. He can do it, but can the Browns afford him at that rate? Or is he going to hit the market here? Um, You know what you're getting with him. You know who he is. You know what you're getting. He's a a valuable option here, but can you afford him? Another couple names on the list, Corey Davis. He can absolutely fly. He will be expensive because of that luxury. I'm going to throw a name out there like Emmanuel Sanders. Veteran presence, but here's the thing. You have Jarvis, you have Odell, and whoever this guy is that we bring in, whether it's via draft or free agency, he doesn't have to take 150 balls, right? Like he's just no. our offense isn't built like that. Yeah. No, and we already have that guy. We just need somebody that can that can provide space and take the attention away from other guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Um, so Emmanuel Sanders, I'm going to mention the name John Brown out of Buffalo that was previously mentioned. Here's another name for you, Curtis Samuel, Ohio State fans. You're going to know him. Um, he's he's kind of that hybrid Swiss Army knife. He's going to be expensive for that reason. Um, he's only 24. He's got the speed to stretch the field, um, about 1,051 total yards and five touchdowns last year. And in every game, he carried the ball. So in, at Ohio State, he, he serviced as a running back from time to time, an H back from time to time, um, and a downfield threat from time to time. He can do everything. He provides another dimension to what the Cleveland Browns would be looking for. But again, he's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. A guy like Nelson Aguilar, is he a good fit financially? No, probably not. He's going to be expensive too. Uh, 18 yards catch. He still drops a lot of balls. I don't think that's the route they're going to go down. Let me throw this name at you. Brashard Perryman. You remember mm-hmm. him a couple of years ago? Um, he's, Brown, yeah. Yep. He's, he's got a, a great chemistry with Baker Mayfield. Former first round pick. He's 6'2". He provides height which is something we don't have in that room right now 17 yards a catch he's vertical he's not going to break the bank out of those guys out of those guys and a couple other names here you know you could do a kenny stills um a demir bird a taylor gabriel who opted out this season um more of a short-term option there but i think i think as we discussed it's all about speed here what do you think the browns do here well here's my theory on this like and you're thinking we're only going to bring back one of these guys? Not necessarily. Okay. No, not necessarily. Well, first and foremost, I know he's want to. He's get. He's want to. He's going to want to get paid. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's deserved it. Yeah. Hollywood Higgins. Uh, you know, I watch football games and I look at other teams and I look at chemistry, right? And I look at how teams bond. And then you don't want to mess with things that are going right, right? And I guess what I'm trying to say is since day one, when Baker has been the starter, Hollywood and him have this special connection. Call it whatever you want, but it's there. He trusts him. He, he finds open lanes for him. And they just have this bond. And I kind of look at it sometimes 
the way, and I don't even care about height. I'm going to throw height out there and I'm going to give you an example. Tom Brady had Edelman in New England. The guy's not tall, but he knew if he needed to get him out of a wiggle and, and, and a jam, Edelman would get that ball for him and get him the first down. Hollywood kind of provides that for Baker. Like, hey, Landry's double covered, but man, but there's, there's Hollywood, got him, right? He may not be cheap, right? But guess what? Cleveland, your wide receivers aren't cheap. <laughs> Landry's not cheap. Odell's not cheap. I mean, you've said we're willing to pay wide receivers a decent amount of money to if we think they can help us get to over the hump. Um, I, I think he will take a hometown discount, though. Like, I mean, if he reaches the free agency market and goes out there, yes, I do think he would get paid more. I think Cleveland can say, hey, you know what? We got something special cooking here. Can we? Would you be willing to sign at this because we know you have this relationship with Baker and you're and you're good for the team? You know, I think that's what it will come down to. It'll come down not to the Cleveland Browns. It'll come down to Hollywood. Hey, are you willing to come back for this amount? Are you happy with that? I think that's will become or will he go and um, you know test the market as one might say. But I, that's well, I think we okay. I think though we we already discussed the Browns maybe two, three years ago could overpay for a wide receiver. And I'm not really insinuating that Odell or Jarvis are overpaid, but right. I, I don't think we're in a position now to do that. And I, I think if you do that, I love Hollywood Higgins. I don't think you break the bang for him. No, no, I, think I, you, I agree. I think you have to yeah. get him at a medium price, not a high price. Yeah. Price. yeah. Him in the middle, right? Like, Hey, we think your value's here. We know you can get this on the open market. Right. Mm -hmm. But Hey, please sign this and we'll talk about and say, here's what I do. I'd sign him to a middle kind of road deal and try to put some incentives in there for him mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that, that are, that kind of, you know, make him more or more guaranteed money. Right. Like that means something probably to him. Right. Hey, how much of this is guaranteed? Okay. That, you know, that that's more important. Right. If he wants to stick around for the Browns two or three years, but, and then, you know, you go out and maybe the other guy, I liked Perryman to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I do too. A lot actually. And, and guess what? You can probably get him in a steal. Oh my God. Honestly, Dustin, I think out of all the guys I listed, you could probably get him at the cheapest. Yeah. And you could, here's the thing, pay Higgins, bring a Perriman back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you got a pretty, you got a pretty damn well, good. Even, even to that, let's just say we bring Higgins back. And I don't think that necessarily solves any of our issues regarding speed or height. Right. But what, what have we seen uh, really as a trend over the past three years in the draft? it's a heavy wide receiver draft and we're experiencing that again. So you've got guys at the top, like a Jalen Waddle, Devonte Smith, you've got guys like that. Um, but I still think you could get maybe a Rondale Moore in the second round. If you so decided to use a second round pick on a speedy wide receiver, sure. if, if Rondale Moore's there, I think that's worth it. Um, but guys like that are going to fall. You, you can get speed in the draft if that's what you're looking oh, for. Sure. And I, I think that's what you do. If you can go out and get a Brashad Perryman, and then bring in a, a draft a wide receiver that can bring that speed snap. element. Yeah. yeah. He's really uh, even Brashad Behrman. Yeah, he's six, he's six two. He answers your height element. Yeah. No. And he brings the speed. Yeah. And I and and he's comfortable. He's been in the building, like, you know. Um, and he was and he and think about this. He comes in with a clean slate, Allie. Yeah. He was he was he was left and released with the previous regime because of the Odell Beckham signing in the wide receiver room and all that. So now he comes back with new GM, you know what I mean? And, but knows all the people in the building player wise, right. Except uh -huh. for the front office. Yeah. So no, I like that. And again, to your point, don't overpay. He'll come in at a very, very good value. Yeah. Let me throw this other name at you. Um, and I'm not insinuating anything with this, but just picture this. You got Odell Beckham Jr. You've yeah. got Jarvis Landry. Okay. Could you imagine now kind of a, in his older days, but you put a Deshaun Jackson in there. Oh, geez. Here's the thing with that, though. Is he in his prime? No. No. Do defenses still have to respect him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, they I, would sign, I would sign a Fitzgerald up in a, in a hot second. Uh -huh. like that, just because of uh -huh. what he brings from a the respect and veteran presence. Like, you know, he may not break the top off of the ball, but he catches everything thrown his way, right? Like, guys yeah. like that just have the longevity. And I look at people like, I'd take a 40 year old Jerry Rice. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, it still has to be respected. Yeah. I'm You're not going to shut it down. 
Yeah, and you I mean, can shut it down all day, but that's going to leave Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Kareem yeah. Hunter, Nick Chubb, or a tight end out there. Yeah. You kidding me? Yeah. You kidding yeah. me? You don't have that many defenders out there. Somebody's going to get open. No, I tell you what, I'm pretty excited to see what, I mean, Stefanski is going to do with the offense this offseason. I think it's going to be really interesting to tinker and uh-huh. see what Canada does to even make it a little better than it's been. Well, I think too, we, last year we didn't have that opportunity. Baker was learning on the fly. The offense was learning on the fly through a truncated offseason. I know I've said that so many times over and over again, and it's not an excuse, but it is a fact that they didn't well, have the offseason to ramp up a very complex offense. I think this offseason is going to be critical for Baker Mayfield in this off, off, well, offense. Excuse me. Yeah, and just to stay on just the, the wide receivers for a hot second, with bringing someone back like Hollywood Higgins, right? We talked about the Baltimore Ravens in that game one where they looked like they had everything cooking, same wide receivers, you know, Lamar Jackson, same offense from the year before. Yep. Okay. Well, you bring Hollywood Higgins back, they know what they're doing, man. That's true. You know, yeah. We brought Odell Beckham in and it, you, and it clearly showed it took a while for Baker Mayfield to get comfortable with Odell Beckham and, you know, and have that kind of fall into the offense. You bring a new wide receiver into the room, you know, that's going to take some time for Baker and him to adjust. That's just natural football. That's just how it works, right? They aren't going to click on first couple of games like, hey, I'm just going to be right on par yep. with you. Perryman, maybe, yep. you know, Perryman, you bring him in. They, they know each other pretty well. He knows because these quarterbacks, they're all a little different, Allie, like the way they spin the ball, when the, the release, the timing it gets there. Um, so these guys know what Baker's ball is like when it comes at him, right? Like they know what that what that looks like and he throws a hard ball and it's quick and you know you get you get used to that and when you bring a new guy in I mean I, I can't even imagine this Holly, but imagine this you have someone like Baker Mayfield Patrick Mahomes these guys that throw the ball pretty hard right um, and then you played for somebody like Big Ben that kind of has lost his speed on the ball and you've been the wide receiver for him three years that's a whole different dynamic that you're learning. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a different world. I yeah. would imagine. So, I mean, so these wide receivers, I think we need to see where there's um, some, some similarities of similar type of quarterbacks that they played for before as well. Well, and I think you have to keep in mind too, what offense did they play in? Not so much yeah. the quarterback, but what offense did they play in? You know, like, okay. All right. I, I'm going to say like a guy like um, Taylor Gabriel, right? Browns fans. We know him. Um, yeah. He opted out this season. Um, I think he over over the um, course of his career, 17 yards a catch. But he played in this offense with Kyle Shanahan, um, who's kind of that originator, Gary Kubiak kind of um, style of this of this yeah. offense. And I think what kind of offense did they play? Because that's a huge thing. Um, this is a very very complex system, um, especially for wide receivers and quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. it, it's very dynamic. It's very complex. Um, you have the off season to learn it, but if you can get somebody familiar with the verbiage, familiar with the style of play, I think that's going to be more beneficial than saying, Oh, okay. You played with a guy like Justin Herbert. You're going to fit right in. Come on over. Or a guy like Ryan Tannehill, come on over. That's going to work out great for you. Um, but, but I do, I think, I think that the type of offense is, is incredibly important here. Oh no. Yeah. And I think here's the thing. The Browns got to be ready to go in day one. They got to yeah. be ready day one. Um, our schedule is tough for next year. I think our offense is going to be fine tuned and ready to go week one. Mm-hmm. There's no, we can take a, we can take a loss on week one. It can't happen. We need to come out of the gate fast. And if we want to go to the next level, we have to have this all finely tuned before the season starts. And I do, I really do think we have yet to see the best out of Baker. I do think this, I do think Baker is just going to keep ascending in this offense. And I think we're going to see some magic at time and go, wow, did he just put that there, (laughs) that ball? I mean, I think we're going to see some magic come out of him because he's just going to get, I mean, you could just see him getting more and more and more confident. And I, and I, and I come back to that. When I knew he was the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns was the Baltimore Ravens Monday night football game, nodding his head on the sidelines going, yep. I'm coming in and I'm going to go right down the field and I'm going to take us for a touchdown. And what did he do? He had that confidence. He went right down the field and he met Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, right out of the gate. And so I'm like, that's what I want is a guy that, and by the way, all the players love him. So I feel very confident in the future with this offense. Could be scary. Yeah. Oh yeah. I completely agree. You give, you give some stability, some structure, 
um, some continuity, which is completely undervalued. If you ask me, if you can, if you can add some of that, which you certainly will, uh, looks like every coach is expected to be back for the 2021 season. So which continuity is, is, which is rare guys. I mean, if you incredibly think about- rare, yeah. I don't think Dustin in my lifetime. And I think we talked about this last show or the one prior. I don't think in, in my lifetime that the Browns have ever run back the same head coach with the same coordinators consecutively probably right i don't i don't think i i'll go through and i'll because because one they've got they've left because they wanted to leave yeah or yeah kyle shanahan that would have been the one he left on his own accord yeah yeah because you you would have ran it back there with And and then the other ones um they that was they were the scapegoat, right? Well, we need to fix yeah. the offense, so the offense right. yeah. get yeah. fired or the defense coordinator. Um, but my job is probably going to be next, <laughs> so I got to make changes because front office isn't happy, right? Like you're right, it's it's been a revolving door. There's not been a continuity at anything. And someone said like Baker Mayfield's had four offensive coordinators yeah. in three years. I mean, but let's talk about this real quick. We've got three minutes. So starts out with Hugh, who is apparently an offensive mind. You got Hugh. You go to to Fredward. 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 So right, hang on, hang on. So Kevin Stefanski, Todd Haley, Freddie Kitchens, Todd Munkin was technically an offensive coordinator, but he didn't call the plays last year. Hugh Jackson. I mean, that's five. That's well. Yeah. Let's let's take Todd Munkin out because he wasn't a play caller. That's four. four yeah. Four in three years. Yeah, four in three years. Like I mean, seriously, like, like it would be like us me going to work. And I had a new boss every six months saying, yeah, we're not going to do it this way anymore. And here's a new way of working. Okay. And then, you're, oh. You're destined to fail. You are destined to fail. Well, you're not only are you destined to fail, you're young. Okay. You can do that. Maybe do a Tom Brady. And I mean that maybe because you have that, but I'm saying because you're that good and you've been in the league that long, but you can't do that to a, a one-year quarterback, second-year quarterback in the league. You're, 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 you're like, okay, we're going to make it. So you are not comfortable. Um, and just, so you know, well, by the way, I mean, here's the one thing that the dynamic that I think is crazy. Allie. So picture this, you're Baker Mayfield. Like I look back at this and trying to think what Baker Mayfield is thinking of this. Like he, there's been some highlights now that came out that, and I love this, that he goes, I am happy and I am going to change the franchise and I'm the quarterback that can get us to the playoffs. He says this, right? From his, from his pro days. I love that about him. But then he gets thrown into this hot mess where he's now got a defensive coordinator as his head coach. One gets fired. Um, there's all this weird internal stuff going on. Who wants, you know, all this power struggle. And all he's trying to do is play football. I mean, mm-hmm. that's bizarre to me and what he had to deal with in that two years with Freddie Kitchens. Like, what are we doing? What are we not doing? Like, weird. Just weird stuff. Like, just. Yeah. Really, really really odd yeah yeah i i know i'm excited i'm looking forward to it but uh yeah like like we said at the start of the show there's going to be a lot to unpack um and and i next week we will unpack all the free agency news because our show comes live from the free agency kickoff day yeah there you go um yeah there's going to be plenty to unpack in terms of free agents you know we start today with with wide receiver linebacking or linebackers um and defensive ends, you know, there's going to be more to come in terms of uh, prioritizing our areas of need in that emphasis. Uh, so we, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a beautiful Wednesday evening? Well, Allie, I noticed something in the last few episodes. You probably have not picked up on this, but I picked up on it. Allie has been alignment light. She has not used the word alignment light. I think let's all raise a hand if we want alignment back. I mean, it kind of okay. seems like a okay. good just ask for it. She'll come. She'll bring it back. She'll I mean, it, back. I mean, it seems like it's, it could have its own a segment. Here's the thing. I'm getting a puppy. I'm getting a puppy soon. Um, she's a girl. So that's, mm-hmm. I, I do know that. Um, might just have to name her alignment. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. To- <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not going to do that, but you're right. I haven't had to say it. And that's a good thing. I haven't had to preach it. I haven't had to scream it. It's just <laughs> what it is. It's just what we have now. You screamed it's- it. Oh yeah. Oh, I did. I did. But because I was trying to explain to everybody the importance of it. And I think we all understand continuity, structure, 
and I'm going to say it, Dustin, alignment within the organization is truly a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, and so, we have it for the first time in two decades. Two decades. You're absolutely right. Guys, with that, we're going to wrap up. We appreciate all of you who have jumped on. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we sincerely appreciate it. Again, go check out our good friends, onlyincleave.com. They're the best. They need. They have everything you need. Uh, so go check them out. Go get you an Allie and Dustin, Allie and Dustin shirt. You're going to need it. You're gonna, you need that in your closet. I know you do. Um, so guys, with that, stay safe, stay healthy. Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs>